In this week's episode, we've got witches, ninjas, robots, aliens, and the continuing saga of trying to understand why there are so many vampires. Where are they all coming from? It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Hello and welcome to another rousing round of talking about comics. That's right. And We're ready to roll. This week is actually an episode about comics. <laughs> Yay! There was actually enough to talk about this week. It's been a little Hooray. touch and go lately. That's it has why... been. It's been very volatile. We'll yeah. have some weeks where we're just like, nah. It's why there's <laughs> been so many episodes of us doing like real extras and yeah. stuff like that. But Which way I... you benefit from. Yeah. You guys benefit from. Yeah. You're, you ingrateful. Don't be mean to our listeners. We and churlish. Hey, hey, y'all are great. Don't listen to him. Y'all are great. We got books. We do have books. Let's talk about these books. Let's talk about these books. What was your first book? Uh, So another Scout one. So Scout's been just blasting out so many titles. So I've been picking them all up and reading them. Um, and for the most part, they've been good. Um, this one is called Atlantis Wasn't Built for Tourists, number one. Um it isn't as astonishing as some of the scout stuff that we've talked about on here. We've been very much like just raving about the recent like surge of really awesome scout books. Yeah. Um, Atlantis, not as good. First of all, I just want to say, and I was thinking, I was literally talking to somebody about this today. Um, what the hell is going on with vampires? I don't know. Vampires are freaking everywhere in comics right now we've got mm -hmm. the new vampire the masquerade book we've got i mean for a while now we've had redneck and Philadelphia and dark red and vampire state building there's a new oni book coming out in tuma in october called vane and there's just vampires vampires everywhere where the are, new buffy ip yeah like what is happening with vampires why are vampires having this renaissance i'm so tired of vampires <laughs> I, I hate to be that way, but like vampires are going the way of the zombie, in my opinion, which is funny because we're having this weird renaissance of like creative takes on zombies. You've got like your, you know, dead day and your year zero and stuff like that that are taking the zombie Kids tropes and kids and taking the zombie trope and really like in a gung ho yeah. has like, you know, they're big like baboons, but it's basically like a zombie book, you know? Right. And, um, you know, you're having this like weird surge, like resurgence of zombie books that are like interesting and creative. Very creative, yeah. And then you've got like, but at the on the other end, you've got like, hey, what about vampires? It's weird too. <laughs> it almost it the timing of it is really interesting too because it almost feels like Walking Dead ended, and so everybody was like, okay, let's chill on the standard zombie experience. So what else is there to talk about? Uh, vampires. That's yep. how you make a horror book. Vampires. Yep. So, so it's just everywhere. Because this is a comic book podcast where we suggest new things to readers, you might be wondering to yourself, well, Chris, if you didn't like it, why are you talking about it? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I wanted I hate it. I wanted a lot out of this book that I didn't get. So the yeah. the cover and title are very, like... It feels very Night Vale. It feels very like eerie town in the middle of nowhere. So you know something's going to go on. Maybe it's very eldritch. And I was kind of hoping for more of like a Twilight Zone, like very mysterious kind of horror vibe. Um, 
and then and it, it sets up that way it very much sets up that way and then suddenly it just ends up vampire there is enough here that if you're into vampire stuff and that's the thing that's why i wanted to suggest it as far as vampire stories go i feel like there's a lot of potential for this one to have some interesting storytelling we're introduced to a character that isn't a vampire but is vampire-esque but is more like reptilian so maybe they'll bring in more like creature featurey type stuff different mythologies and different creatures in um you know there's some sort of organization between the vampires and the leaders of the town the town itself is very protective of its secrets you know and very protective and against strangers so like but that's separate from the vampires so what's the deal with that you know what i mean yeah um so yeah there's a there's a lot of open-ended questions that could be very good i was a little bit bummed admittedly going into it that it was just kind of this sudden vampire story that said it has a very like old school comics feel to it um i can see that it feels very i don't want to say old-fashioned but it feels very not modern it feels very like early 2000s or late 90s um in its storytelling and how it kind of presents the main character you know the main character is this very like low-key like trying to be under the radar but then like suddenly very butch like macho kind of not afraid of anything character and you know what that appeals to a lot of people so if you're into you know very just like gonzo vampire story then this might be a book for you i i admittedly tend to go into books very blind i rely heavily on chris being like hey here's some books that are out these look like ones you'd like read this and so i do And I, so that means that a lot of the times when I go into books, I have not read a synopsis. I have not read anything. So my first, you know, interaction with the book is typically like the front cover. And like Chris said, I went into this kind of hoping for more of a like Twin Peaksy type vibe Mm -hmm. because that's kind of the vibe that the like title and the, the exterior cover and stuff was giving me. And even the first few pages, like I love me some Twin Peaks. So I was really kind of hoping for that type of a vibe. And I feel like there's a tonal shift um, that is very sudden when you find out that our main character is not a human. I feel like it goes from, like, investigatory him against this town to, like, he's part of the problem. Why is this happening? Really mm-hmm. quickly. And I, I admittedly didn't love the tunnel shift. I feel like there wasn't enough built to that. I felt like there wasn't enough articulated in that. That being said, I feel like some of the nuance that they've built of the town and of the characters in the town is really cool. I like the role of the sheriff. I think he's really interesting. So I feel like this book has potential. I just haven't entirely figured out what this book is trying to do or what the plan is to get across. Um, And I tend to be really skeptical of books when I can't really articulate the vibe from the first issue. Because I worry that that means that if it takes you more than the first issue to establish what you're trying to get at, not necessarily like what the ultimate purpose is going to be. Like that may take time, but like I should be able to get the vibe of your book real fast. And if I can't, I'm worried that you don't know what the vibe of your book is yet. Yeah, fair. So that's just, that's tease talk. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, if if you know, if you're interested in a book that is about vampires, 
that feels kind of old school, then, you know, this could be a book for you. Yeah, this might be you way know? up your vibe. Yeah. Next on the list is another horror-y oriented book. This one was probably my favorite read of the week. Um, I agree. This one was very good. Really good. Shadow Service number one. Um, it's about witches, and we don't know what else. Um, it's very British, and I love that, and I'm excited mm. that there's a new very British feeling book coming out because I was just informed recently that they're canceling uh, John Constantine Hellbringer uh, in Blazer. Hellblazer in November, and I'm super sad. I'm like really sad about that. <laughs> like, so I'm hoping that this might fill that void when that's gone because yeah. I need I need my dose of Cockney <laughs> on a monthly basis. It yeah. makes me really happy. You um, need your, your- little little daily value of limey yeah i need yeah. it 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 makes me really it makes me happy it just like uplifts me i don't know it's there's such negative books but it's so great <laughs> um but this one was really really cool um it's about a uh, private eye so it's it's actually a very standard sounding story like if you look at the plot it's super common it actually yeah it like, actually does have a fairly like it's super like straightforward i'm a pi and i have magic powers and yeah. i deal with underworldy people and underworldy critters and try to fight bad things it's got a it's got a decent constantine influence constantine in it. it's yeah. got some like jessica jonesy vibe like it's it's very check those boxes but there's other stuff going on that we don't know about we don't know how she is what she is we don't know who she's against, and it ends on a significant cliffhanger making you go, okay, so maybe this book's not about what I thought this book was about. Um, I really, really liked this book. The only thing I have to say about it, and it's the most superficial thing in the whole entire world, but I feel like it's important. The name of the book is Shadow Service, and the font of the title has the V looking like a U, yeah. and I couldn't figure out what the title of the book was <laughs> for a good 10 minutes. I was like, Shadow Seruce? Seru yeah, yeah. Is that a name? Is that her name? Who is that? Like, Because you guys remember, I don't read any of the like preview stuff. I go directly into the book based on what's on the cover as it's handed to me, and I, I couldn't pick a better font. There's so many fonts in this world. Maybe and the font her... of this book, the thing too that was making me crazy. I'm a font stickler, guys. The yeah. other, the bits of the font, other font bits have points, so there was no reason to round yeah. the bottom of the V. Maybe her middle name, Charisse, like a shadow Cerise, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Quick flight of the concords reference. <laughs> Nailed it. I I don't know. My only complaint is a font complaint, so yeah, clearly I'm digging for some it's, dirt. Yeah, but it's it's a frustrating. Yeah, this thing. one this one but was solid. Like I said, it it has you can tell there's an influence from Constantine there because it does fit into the like gruff British smoking, cursing, cursing magic person dealing with like shady people. You know, private detective stuff. Yeah. Um. And it's, you know, it's got neo-noir vibes and it's got some cool potential for different, like, it's, it's, it's always nice to me when somebody takes like a new take on magic, yeah. right? 
and somebody like, you know, we see the same magic tropes over and over, but anytime you start a new story where you're like, I'm going to have magic, it, uh, it really gives you an opportunity to say like, this is going to be my magic. This is how my magic's going to work. Um, and so I, I, I adore when people don't immediately just fall into the same tropes, you know, and they, there's still time for this one to fall in the same kind of like rules of magic and guidelines of magic and tropes of magic and stuff like that. Uh, but it will be nice to see kind of how they develop into new, like how does their magic work compared right. to all the magic we've read about and I stuff agree. like that. So, yeah. yeah, no, but it's a really cool book. Pick it up. Go get it. Go get it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, next one I want to talk about is weirdly enough from a company called Keen Spot, which is a company we have never talked about on here, which is weird. Um, they have a, they even have like a comic that's being turned into a movie with like Jennifer Lopez in it and stuff. It's, it's bizarre that we've never talked about this company. I don't know that I've ever heard they of this book. They don't put out a before. lot of stuff, but they, they struck gold with a book a while back called Marry Me. That is something about like a pop star marrying some random person from the audience who's holding up like a marry me sign. Um, That's so random. Yeah. And it's getting turned into a movie anyway. Um, sure. Good for them. <laughs> but this one is from Eric Klaus. It is called ninjas and robots. And I really enjoyed it. It's, it's, it starts very in media res, um, which is cool. I like the idea of them kind of like hashing out what happened before we see the characters i don't know if the narrative really did a good job hashing out some things like it kind of got to a point where in the book where it was like oh okay so you're caught up now and they were just like talking about things that happened but i still feel like we didn't see it happen that said it's very high energy it's very like the art is very like jamie ma food very like tank girl kind of yeah. art um, it's got that kind of like Neo Tokyo grunge to it. Um, and I, I really dig it. I, I like the style of this book and I will probably continue to pick it up. Um, and hopefully, like I said, hopefully they kind of cover the things that, cause it did feel admittedly, it felt like I had to look at one point if this was like a volume two of something or like a sequel to something. Yeah. Um, because it did feel very like, Oh, okay, you know what's going on here. And it might still be. I may have looked up wrong, but I don't think <laughs> it is. Like, I, I didn't see anything that was like, this is this. But maybe Eric Klaus has, like, other books out that he, like, crowdfunded or something that pertains to, like, earlier stuff. That maybe. That is very possible. I didn't do a ton of research on the topic. But uh, that said, it is very fun. Uh, if you're, you know, a fan of that kind of style that like neo tokyo like future ninjas kind of style if you're a fan of like tank girl type stuff um and just very like kind of underground art then i think this is definitely a cool book to pick up i really liked the art in this book yeah. i i also i came in and felt very disheveled reading this book like i at one point did turn to the front and i was like am i reading a number two i was really confused and i admittedly don't love books that start so in media res that you don't know what's happening i 
I understood the story starts off with a girl who's got amnesia. So I relate and understand that we're supposed to be kind of experiencing that amnesia along with her. Like she's just sort of dropped into a situation. We're dropped into a situation. Neither one of us knows what's going on. But they also kind of imply that she's had amnesia for a hot minute. So maybe it would have been nice to start a little bit earlier and us kind of go into things a little bit with her. Like start from the moment she had the amnesia rather than start like a month into having amnesia. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I feel like I just, I am confused and I feel like she comes out of the amnesia and we don't. Yeah. (laughs) Which I mean, hey, maybe that's a style choice and that'll be something that kind of like pervades along and it could work if it's handled well. But yeah, there's no like prelude. Like sometimes you'll see, um, you know, in things where you've got a character who kind of like wakes up. This happens a lot, I feel like, in like JRPGs and animes. But where there's going to be like a character who's trying to like figure out who they are, you'll see like the lead up. You'll see like a two page like lead up to what happens. And then it will like cut to like, I don't remember who I am. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, I, I I thought this one was really cool, and it's nice to see something from a small publisher that's not just like weird and abstract. That's yeah, actually, that's like, a really cool thing. It I, has a lot of passion and a lot of energy to it. Like it, it's really cool to see. It's so. definitely it, it. very much knows its vibe, and I very much appreciate that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I mean the and like I said, the art is really really awesome. So that's yeah. really cool. Next on my list is Voyage to the Stars number one. This was also a very indie title, very indie publisher, I believe. Nope, IDW. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is the one that wasn't. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> this is the not totally Shadow Service off the wall. was Vault, so that might be the one that you're talking oh, about. Oh, that's okay, got it. Yeah. Um so Voyage to the Stars is very cartoony, very zany, very comic based. It's Technically an apocalypse story, and it's almost a title I really want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. It's almost breaching that point. I, It's very much stylized like a comedy movie, in my opinion. It's stylized in such a way where like things are consistently happening against your main character's Sometimes because they're idiots and sometimes just because fate has it out for them. Yeah. And while I appreciate the characters that are built, the probably like lead lead character, the captain, it's it takes it's about um a crew, a, a spaceship crew that escapes Earth right at before it gets exploded and is gone forever um, or something like that gets devolved the earth is gone yep earth is gone and they are trying to figure out what they can do to stop this from happening to others or maybe bring back earth or any of those options so i the main captain is the kind of main main character and i i kind of hate him yeah he's awful he's one of those characters he's that like buffoon character you see like he's a steve carell character he's a character Mm -hmm. in a tv show or in a movie that like keeps doing things wrong keep has a huge ego is kind of obnoxious it's just that character he's like a it's like dr venture without the like edge 
Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Or, or even, even though there were instances of humility with Dr. Venture, like this guy is just sort of obnoxious. And I, I don't know. I feel like they pushed him too far. I feel like that was part of the problem is that they didn't give him any, like any moments of redemption, any instances of not yeah, being I mean, a it's, total pain. It's one issue. Right. You know, but there's a lot that happens in this one. Issue, it is a very active issue. Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like the plot moves really quickly and I don't know it. I think the development of the plot, I get it. The development of the characters, I get them and I like them. I feel like it just leans too heavily into that type of a comedic mm-hmm. style and that's just not my vibe. I think the the tough thing for me with this one is that it felt very similar to another book that I'm reading, uh, Money Shot from Vault, um, where it's like this very dysfunctional crew traveling through space trying to solve a problem, right? The Money Shot problem is very much... Money Shot in and of itself is, you know, an irreverent book with a lot of, like, porno humor. Okay. Um, but, and the the problem they're trying to solve in and of itself is just, we need money. Um, so it, it's very lower stake, like much lower stakes um, than this group. But the characters kind of fill the same kind of roles. Okay. And so it's, it's hard for me to compare, because I, I really like the dynamics and the characters in Money Shot. Um, there hasn't been a ton of character development, but there's been enough for me to really attach and I feel like uh, in this one, like the characters have their roles and kind of how they react to different things, but it's always just kind of shy of really like giving them an identity separate from the mass. So you have the yeah. the captain is his own thing and he fits his own role. And then everyone else is just kind of defined by not liking the captain. And then yeah. there'll be like little quirks of like in the peak of like oh this person's this type of person but then it's like but they don't go there all the way you know it's just kind of like a shallow look at what they might be beyond their identity of just not liking the captain you know yeah that said it was fun uh a lot happened i like the um i love the concept of what happened to the earth so the earth got consumed by this thing called the nothing and these people, as we meet them, are on a journey to try to find something to save the Earth from the nothing. And they eventually find out that that's called the something. <laughs> and I love that because it's such a MacGuffin. <laughs> but it also provides all this like cool world building that like you, you could go into a whole deep thing about what the nothing is. Yeah. You know? But at the end of the day, it's just this like MacGuffin-y naming of stuff that kind of pokes fun and is a bit meta of like sweeping sci-fi epics you know what i mean it's very douglas adams yeah and they very like you know they have the they have the cliche sci-fi like space savior like celestial messiah kind of thing like they've got one of those types of characters and you know the captain himself thinks he's that type of character but turns out he's not and it's just like I, i love that kind of like breaking down of the space opera genre and putting it in this very like like you said kind of cartoony vibe um yeah it was it was funny i i liked it and i i want to see more from it um but it it 
there needs to be a lot more character development as time goes by uh, to really like expand it into, or, you know, evolve it from just kind of like, you know, a funny cast of characters with some chuckles to like, Oh, I actually give a shit about what these guys are doing and what these characters are doing. There's, I, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't feel like there's room anymore for, hey, this is an inconsequential story that we're just going to use as a vehicle to make jokes. Right. It's been done a lot, and I I feel like I always just get tired by, like, two or three issues. You know what I mean? completely valid, And there's plenty of IPs that already exist that are also in comics that do that as their thing like there are rick and morty comics there were adventure time comics for a long time there are still invader zim comics and that's kind of their whole mo let them let them do that and if you want to create a comedy book give me a comedy book that then also has heart yeah you know what i mean like that's a really good point that's what i want to see i want to see your funny book be funny and irreverent and like oh fiasco-y but then also give me like some emotion and some character development and let me connect with people and let me see like some real like soul to this. You're right. And I think there's even a further point to that, that they either they went up to a point, but they didn't go far enough because it's one of those things where like in a Douglas Adams book, everything's ridiculous and you go the ridiculousness and the absurdity is ramped up to 11 and it makes, and it works and your characters are either super ridiculous and parodies of themselves or they're super relatable and understandable and, and heartfelt characters. Mm-hmm. And in most of these scenarios, you either have to have the characters that you relate to that have their own identifying personalities and you appreciate them and you are, you know, you connect to them or it has to be like super absurdism. Like that recent, uh, D and D, um, parody book. Um, Oh, what is murder hobo? Yes. Murder hobo. Where like, you're not going to get anything heartfelt out of that, but it's so ridiculous that you don't need it. You don't need to connect to it. And I feel like you have to be, you have to fit in the spectrum because this like middle ground where like they're kind of ridiculous silly, but not like actually ridiculous silly. Yeah. yeah. Like you got to commit in my opinion. You have to go one side or the other. And I don't know that it, it pushed over the line. It's like, it's like the difference between like a sitcom and a sketch comedy show. Right. Yeah. Like murder hobo, I would say is like a sketch comedy show. I'm not expecting any sort of long-winded narrative out of that. Right. I'm just little vignettes that reference things that I get from playing years of tabletop games and fantasy RPGs and stuff and little jokes and fun art, you know? Right. And then a sitcom, you know, would be, you know, like sex criminals or like, um, rat Queens where it's very funny and it's got like a long going narrative but then it has moments of heart. Right. You know what I mean? It has moments of characters falling in and out of love and characters dealing with hard topics and stuff like that. But ultimately its goal is to make you laugh. And it's like those two things, but then it would be like, Hey, we're going to tell a long running narrative with the kind of like flighty, irreverent, quick joke, you know, two dimensional characters that you find in like a sketch comedy show. Exactly. And so it would be like, Hey, what if SNL made a sitcom, 
but with strictly SNL writing. You know what I mean? And that's why so many of the SNL movies, when they try to take these skit characters and give them a proper two-hour time slot, don't work. Yeah. It's why the Roxbury stuff is felt cringy. It felt weird. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them them are... And, uh, you know, comedy movies that don't do well are effectively just trying to be sketch... Like, extended two-hour sketch comedy things, but, like, fit into, you know, this, like this narrative this they long like form it's basically piece. like hey we have a bunch of jokes and a bunch of sketches we'd like to do you know but we don't know how to make like a two-hour sketch comedy show so instead we're just gonna like put these characters in here create a narrative and then fit those jokes in it's like you know and it doesn't yeah work. and it's you know that's why you'll see those sorts of movies have a lot of like characters coming in and yeah. like a rotating door of characters yep is because the real goal is the sketches, you know? Yeah. And sometimes that works. Like if you look at like Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, like that one is very much like they wanted to do it for all the different, like the person writing it probably thought of most of the things that happened to Harold and Kumar before deciding on Harold and Kumar go to White Castle and just really wanted to make a movie with those things in it. Yeah. So then he shoehorned right. in this story it ended up working because there were moments of heart and yep. the characters themselves had depth enough to be like approachable and, and someone that you rooted for. Yep. You know, you look at like Wayne's world, mm-hmm. like a lot of those jokes are just, and that's a, you know, very much connected to SNL one. A lot of those jokes are just there to be like funny sketches and funny moments, you know? Yep. And it's just, you move from moment to moment to moment. And the Austin power movies are very much the same way, but like, the characters there are approachable enough and they have enough depth to, for you to, they're not, you know, they're not going to win a freaking Oscar for their like (laughs) emotional depth, but you know, there are people that you know, and they have enough, like they're grounded in that reality. Yep. But when you watch like an SNL sketch, it's just like two dimensional, like cardboard cutouts of like what the character could be for the sake of moving the comedy along. Right. And if you try to do that for a whole series, it's like, ugh, I don't, I don't look more jokes, you know. Yep, exactly. And you know, there's plenty of shows that have tried. There's plenty of comics that have tried. And it's like, if you want to do like a murder hobo esque thing and just give us quick bits, or you know, you think of like Adult Swim cartoons, the quick like, like Super Jail and Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Like each episode was its own thing, and it just served its own purpose, and poof, it and was it gone. Was and that was how it worked. You know, yep. I mean, you even think of like South Park, like each episode's its own thing. It's gone, you know, and then it moves on. Like that's you need to pick one. You're exactly right. Like you need to go one way or the other. You can't be in this weird middle where it's like, hey, we're going to have really like superficial, like two dimensional characters that are basically just here to push gags, but also. Try to move a narrative along for like 20 issues. Right. And um. I think this one has potential. Like, I, I still think this was really good. I thought the art was really cute and really fun and bright. I, like I said, I liked the kind of meta commentary on sci-fi and space operas as a whole. Um, but I just, I wasn't blown away by the first issue because I don't feel like there was enough development on anybody except for maybe the engineer guy. Yeah. I Leaving think, it, yeah. he was the only character that I was really like excited to see panel by panel. 
and excited to like see what his story was going to be because they had like a little nugget of a hint of something yeah related to him you're right that was a so, cool little bit but it was so subtle and quick it's very brief yeah, yeah and it it wasn't enough in like a they need to expand the ensemble to keep it interesting but i still think this is a good one worth picking up to see if it's something that appeals to you i agree i agree um the only thing i have from marvel this week is and i don't have a ton to say about it um because i've never been a huge hulk fan uh but maestro number one came out okay um maestro for those who don't know is a future version of the hulk that reigns over the world as a tyrant um oh good yeah he's basically (laughs) he's like old man hulk which is funny because old man logan actually killed maestro in his run there was like a big fight between them um okay and what we've never seen is his origin like how he came to be right um and this book is going to introduce his origin i think this is a really good book and definitely a book that hulk fans like diehard hulk fans need to pick up and honestly if you're the type of marvel person or superhero person in general like myself that really likes to see artists and writers take like a different perspective on the core superhero worlds i think this one is worth picking up um it's a hulk book so it's going to be a lot of like punchies and kickies (laughs) <laughs> there was some really fun meta stuff, like literal meta commentary that almost kind of suggests that the characters in comics know they're in comics or somehow can interact or see the comic book world. Like he, um, oh. like there's one part where he like punches somebody and no sound happens. And he actually makes a comment about like, Really, normally there's like a boom or a shoom or some other onomatopoeia. <laughs> and it's That's stuff so like Deadpool. Yeah, there's some cool, like weird little meta things that happen in the beginning that I like. And then I like the world that they're setting up. It's it's nothing we've not seen before. Right. Um, but I think it has a lot of potential for like these like old man Logan worlds and things like that. And like, you know, last night on Earth to really like hey, I wonder what this character looks like after a nuclear apocalypse. Like, that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? No, that's cool. That stuff is also everywhere, just like vampires. I mean, I just finished Wonder Woman Dead Earth, which if you're not reading, you should. Um, And so, I mean, the whole, like, superheroes in a nuclear wasteland isn't new, uh, but I think this gives them a chance to... Because for the longest time, the reigning champ of that at Marvel has been the the wasteland, the dead man Logan world. Right. And so this gives them a chance to have different nuclear wasteland versions of heroes. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Like let's see in this world what it is, you right. know? Um, I think it could be cool. Nice. You know? Um, the only DC book I have for us um, from this week is the death metal guidebook, um, which is a compilation of, shorter stories written by different authors about specific characters in the aftermath of the death metal uh, fall of the heroes. And there is a specific person in a hooded cloak who is writing down notes and history about what happened and why it's happening. And I won't spoil who that is, but it's not a huge surprise. Um, And... 
I thought it was really good, though. And for me, to be quite honest, like, I didn't read the original Death Metal run. And so I didn't have a ton of context going into the new death metal stuff. So this to me was great because I felt like it gave me a very significant and and efficient summary of everything that happened and why things are the way they are now. It's mm-hmm. very like quick and to the point and like this person did this and this Batman did that and these people died and these people surrendered and this is where they are now. So we get stories from that include Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Harley Quinn, a couple others. And it's just it's good. It's I really enjoyed it. I thought it was an interesting kind of like. It's nice to see bits of this universe without being in the context of the overall grand narrative. I need an ongoing dark Lovecraftian Aquaman oh, written yeah. by Becky Cloonan with art by Becky Cloonan series oh, yes. in my life <laughs> so bad okay. and I had no idea. Also, I really want to punch myself that I never noticed in the three issue, three plus issues of death metal that I've read so far that the freaking world is shaped like the Batman symbol. That's hilarious, right? I never noticed yeah. until it was pointed out to me in this book. And then I went and flipped to like the map of the world and I was like, show enough. It's so funny (laughs) too, to me, because I feel like things are done. Like he made the world in his image and Snyder's like, it's a bat symbol. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's so like, (laughs) I love um, love that. Like, I feel like this is so, the book is so aggro and the writing is so like dark and intense, but there's such like an overview feel of it where Snyder's like, (laughs) <laughs> this dude's such a douche. Yeah. Yeah, there's it's what I love about death metal is like Dark Knight's metal took itself so very seriously. And it did a lot for what's for setting up some really cool concepts that are being played out in the DC universe right now. Death metal on the other hand, I feel like is Scott Snyder and various other writers that are involved finally taking a chance to be like, you know what's ridiculous? Batman. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Batman has always just been this untouchable, unjudgeable. This is who he is. He's the badass. He's always going to solve the problems kind of character. And I feel like in death metal, cause we have a, we have a Batman who's literally a city. We have a Batman yeah. who's literally a monster truck. We have a Batman who implanted his brain in a robot T-Rex and yet not having T-Rex organs still chooses to eat people like we they have taken batman and even the core batman like the our world's batman who's trying to stop the batman who laughs is so weird in this book and i love it i feel like this is finally a chance for them to be like you know what's weird batman's whole thing you know yeah and just really like break it down and it's kind of fun because i'm reading this at the same time that I'm reading Joker War, which is having its own sort of deconstruction of Batman going on. And like the lead up to Joker War with the whole designer thing has also had like a lot of like, let's deconstruct who be Batman. <laughs> um, and it's just it's interesting to see all these different kind of like breakdowns. And we're supposed to have the three Jokers is coming up soon, which is also going to deconstruct Batman. And then I be, I feel like at the end of this, we're going to have like a completely different 
Batman, right? I mean, it's, I think it's so good because, I don't know, Batman to me is so ridiculous at this point. Like, mm-hmm. if you take an objective look, if you had a Martian land on this planet and is like, hey, explain to me the most popular superhero fiction on your planet. And you're like, well, let's talk about Batman. And you explain Batman to this person that there's no way they'd be like, you're kidding, right? This yeah. is a joke. Like he, he, he adopts children and then they run away and he doesn't really have any reason to be this angry except his parents died. Well, Lots yeah. Of parents and it's die. like, like it's, it's just, he, he didn't even face abuse. Yeah. <laughs> like, he builds what? himself, he builds himself <laughs> as this like, dark night against this horrible city of Gotham. But part of the reason Gotham's so horrible is because there's all these terrible people that reside in Gotham that you put in jail or into Arkham Asylum, but your main prison and Arkham Asylum are both corrupt, a thing that you know, and they're constantly able to escape these places, a thing you know about, and yet nobody does, and then you're just like, ah, damn. joker to the feds yeah like like, put him in a prison off of the coast of like california and forget about him until the end of time my favorite (laughs) batman stories are the batman stories where it's like the arkham games right where he just like moves from like bad guy to bad guy to bad guy constant like oh there's so much happening in my life and it's like kind of on you bro (laughs) like at some point when you put penguin away for like the 75th time at what point is that just the last time he goes away that's why one of my favorite things is watching jason todd interact with batman because jason todd will kill somebody and batman's like don't do that and jason's like but no now it's done now it's actually done it's over forever do you not see i ended a cycle yeah (laughs) what there's some uh, I forget what I forget what book it's from but there's a Wonder Woman line that kind of covers that where like Wonder Woman basically is telling somebody I think a bad guy like you know how Clark and you know you know how Superman and Batman have all these nemeses that they're constantly struggling against and I have no nemeses it's because I don't let them get to that point you know what I mean? Like, Wonder <laughs> yeah. Woman's basically like, because I will freaking murk you, bro. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's, a, I, I don't remember what run it's from or what book it's from, but, and I butchered the line, but it's basically like, hey, you know how Batman and Superman have all these guys that they're constantly struggling against? You ever wonder why I don't? <laughs> and the bad guy's like, oh no. Please. Good. I peed myself. <laughs> I, I do think this is cool. Like, I know we haven't talked about, there's been a few, actually, I think only one so far, but there's going to be a few DC death metal things coming out and we're not going to talk about all of them, but I think this one's really cool because I think when you look at the two big companies and they have a, uh, like an Elseworlds or a big crossover event kind of thing and they put out a guidebook, Marvel's guidebook is basically like a printed Wikipedia (laughs) and DC's guidebook is stories that help you get an idea of the development of the world. Yeah. And that's just so much better I agree. <laughs> than being like, like Marvel did an empire guidebook recently and it's just like, Hey, here's Wikipedia entries on the, who's this guy, you know, on this the characters involved. And here's like a quick synopsis of the 
scroll or the creed kotati engagement and stuff like that and yeah. it's like it's cool and everything but you know i can wiki that i can Without google this? i can google that myself yeah you know but well, on the dc side of it it's like hey do you want to know what aquaman's up to becky what's aquaman up to and it's like <laughs> yeah that's cool um but yeah it's 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 a cool book death metal you need to be reading yeah hands down. it's really it's, good it's wild but uh yeah guidebooks worth picking up i agree get a feel for it so I think that's going to do it for us today. That is it. And it's perfect timing because it's about to start storming and then we're not going to be able to record anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so. The minute there's thunder, you guys are going to get shook. Yeah, Shooketh. Yeah. Shooketh. Um, if you want more Cover B, you can find us on our website, coverbpodcast.com for all sorts of episodes. I did a count of how many episodes, both our standard episodes and extras that we've done. And we're at over a hundred. This will be 103. Nice. Technically. Cool. Um, but we're only at number 78 of official episodes. So we, don't, um, don't, get, don't get feisty. We'll try to get out. Um, hopefully we'll be able to, and things won't get gummed up, but, uh, we're going to try to get out a DC fandom kind of recap thing. Cause that's going on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Wednesday, keep an eye out for that. Um, it'll probably be quick and we'll just talk about the highlights, but there's apparently a lot of cool reveals that have already happened. Yes. Um, and, yes. uh, I'm excited. so we'll, you know, we'll do a, a synopsis of all the big news from that on, uh, on Wednesday for you yes. guys. Cause it's been a while since we've done like a big, like news roundup kind of episode. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Cause there's no cons anymore because the world sucks. Uh-huh. Yay. <laughs> well, because the world is unfortunate and you can't leave your house. You follow us on social media Yay. at Coverview Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Um, if you like video games, you should come and watch us six days a week on our uh, variety channel on Twitch at Tink Tink Games. And follow Chris and I on Instagram because and hey, we're doing stuff. If you like Star Wars or you like tabletop RPGs, check us out on uh, Twitch tomorrow. Um, so this episode's getting posted kind of late. Um, but hey, in a few hours... Um, <laughs> In just shy of 12 hours, we're going to be playing uh, the Star Wars Fantasy Flight RPG live on Twitch. Yes. Um, so come check that out. That will start up right around like 1230. Yeah, it's going to be super duper fun. So definitely come and hang out. Um, but yeah, we hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend. We hope to see you tomorrow during our live stream. And we will have another episode for you probably on Wednesday. So have an awesome time and that's it until the next time for more cover Cover B. B. Bye y'all.